Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Who's ready to talk some Notre Dame football? This is Mike Singer and Tim Hyde here with this week's Notre Dame football show live on YouTube. And, and for folks listening back on podcast, Pod Like a Champion, really appreciate you uh, wherever you are, wherever you may be listening, uh, spending uh, some part of your day uh, with, with myself and Tim. You know, Drop your comments if you're watching live. If you're watching back, let us know what you think about stuff about the video. If you're listening via podcast, hope you have a safe drive wherever you're going. Tim, how are you doing, my friend? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I love uh, once a week, right? We get together and see what the heck is going on in the world of Notre Dame football. And just when you think it's nice and relaxing, what are we going to talk about? I think we have some topics that will be fun to get into. Especially it's one recruiting one, right? There's always something in recruiting, Mike. Oh, yeah. It's like, oh, signing day was last month. Oh, man. This 24 class, who cares about that? I'll worry about that in the fall. Nope. Nope, we got to talk Justin Scott. We got a lot to discuss there. Uh, and I also, this afternoon, got to interview uh, on three director of recruiting, Chad Simmons, specifically about Scott's recruiting. He's been very dialed in. A lot of the reporting that we've been able to do on Scott is in big thanks to, to Simmons. Simmons, again, very dialed in. So we'll get the latest from him talking about Scott a little bit later in the show. But yeah, please do hit a thumbs up on this video uh, if you are watching live, watching back. Uh, and of course, subscribe to our YouTube channel for more content. If you're listening via podcast, please um, leave us a kind review. We would really appreciate that. Uh, and if you're live with us and you got really something on your heart to discuss, uh, please do drop a super chat and we will get to that as soon as possible. Tim, it is, it is really good that we started doing the show, what, like last April-ish, March, April, something, May, maybe. I think it was around spring ball because we had, had a, we'd, we would have Ashton Pollard, you know, do a segment talking about what she saw at spring ball that week. But it's good that we stuck with our Wednesdays. I think we're even locking in with 8 p.m. Eastern time. So we're we're locked and loaded all throughout the offseason, except for, I think, next week. I think I think we might not do it next week, Tim, just an FYI. That's I'm going to be in Colorado. Uh, I fly out there Tuesday for nine, ten days. Oh, so wow. might be out for Wednesday, but you know, I don't know. You're going to do a, a ski trip, like in a dumb and dumber. You're going to dress up like uh, Jim Carrey did in the movie. What a great movie, Tim. All time <laughs> favorite movie. That's, that's, that's top three for sure. Probably number Love one. It. My knees are uh, for, for being 29 years old. My knees are not very good. So I think I'm going to skip the skiing 
Um, and uh, my wife can can go do that with our friends that we're going with, and I will uh, sit at home and get some work done. Love it. That's gonna be a fun trip. Not mine. Some some peace and quiet. All right. So as far as Notre Dame football goes, not a ton new in the Fighting Irish world, unless you want to talk about the you know Notre Dame tweeted out a video of the players working out. That was that was most exciting. But I did think this was interesting in the athletic. Um, I believe his name's uh, Dane Brugler. Um, did top fifteen players at each position. How about this, Michael Mayer, number one. Now, my question here is if Brock Bowers were draft eligible, where Ooh. Bowers would be on this list. But uh, Mike Mayer, number one, over Luke Musgrave. I covered his recruitment because I used to oh, be the Wednesday publisher over at Rivals. Uh, Darnell Washington, the kid from Vegas, is a darn good player. Um, but, yeah, I mean, this is this one's pretty obviously Michael Mayer, right? I mean, best tight end in the country, at least draft eligible. Sure. I mean, you would think so as you, as you get ready to go into all the, you know, the pro days and the combines and all this stuff coming up. And then, you know, obviously all these mock drafts are they're meaningless, let's be honest, <laughs> and especially with the trades this year that everyone's expecting. And then who's the core? It's all based on the quarterback. But, man, if you got to put some money down, right, Mike, what is our, uh, you know, what's our uh, our betting stuff we always do for the lines? we got to see what the odds are of Mayor going in the first round because you got to think it's going to be extremely high, especially with the way the NFL uses tight ends. seems like there's a ton out there. But one thing I will say that the Utah guy I saw in a mock draft, someone did a week ago, I have to look for, I remember reading it. They had him ahead of mayor, which is going to mm. be interesting. So, okay. but mayor's got so much production, high end at Notre Dame, the Notre Dame tight ends yeah. in the NFL all play, all produce, all block. Got to go with the Notre Dame pedigree. If I'm a GM and yeah. I and my hot, I'm kind of on the hot seat a little bit. Michael Mayer's sitting there at a place that makes sense. I'm taking Michael Mayer because you know that's going to work. I mean, there's just no there's no bust potential outside of injury. Knock on oh, wood, yes. kid's going to be a baller. Well, uh, just look at the tight ends from the you know the 2020. I mean, you got Brock Wright who doesn't even get drafted as scoring touchdowns. Is turning it. I mean, he's playing better in the NFL than I mean, he's playing more in the NFL than he did at Notre Dame, and he was the number one tight end when he came out of the country. Tommy Tremble is a third round pick who's playing his tail off out there, catching touchdowns, and then you got Mayer is the third one in that group. So, what a class that was that played on that football team. But Mayer's got to be, man, where's he gonna land? I'm dying. I, I know everyone is all gonna be about the forty time. How how are they gonna hammer that with him? Because film doesn't lie with this guy. It's not like he's going against, you know, corners and DBs that are running 5-2-40s. He's going against dudes that are covering him, and the guy makes plays nonstop. So maybe that 40 time may be a little overblown with him. But, you know, I don't don't know. I I, I guess I'm already going in thinking he's going to run like 4-7-5. I don't know. I have no idea what he's going to run. I'm dying to see I'll take 4-7-5. Yeah, I guess I don't so. care. I don't I, I, I agree. I think that number is gonna be so overblown, kind of like Kyle Hamilton's, right? Kyle Hamilton, oh, right? Like, oh my god, he didn't run a you know four four. He's already one of the better defensive players in the league, right? <laughs> yeah, football focus just came out. He was the number one ranked rookie safety, you know, rookie DB, I believe, yeah. in the entire NFL this year. And it's like, oh, he can't cover at this at this level, and he goes out and balls out and plays his tail off. So that number, for some reason, I think is just going to be overblown. Yeah, Mayor, I do. 
it's kind of one of those things that's like football speed versus track speed. Like, I think a good example is Braden Lindsay, track speed. How often would that translate into a game if you couldn't get open? I love Chris Tyree, but like how often have you seen Chris Tyree break? Like he, you need to get yourself into positions to show off that speed. You can be, that's how I like, everyone's like, oh, Notre Dame needs to get faster. Sure. But you want to throw out a track team, that, that's not going to do much. You need football players. Yeah. You know, ideally, you, they're, they're a little bit of both, right? But uh, yeah, so. it's interesting. You always hear that real quick, you know, about, oh, yeah, Notre Dame's got to get faster. And then their guys go to the combine and run unbelievable numbers. You know, oh, Notre Dame has no speed at receiver. And then Clay, Claypool just blows it off the mat with all. How about Kevin Austin last year? Yeah. Notre Dame's got no speed. Austin goes there and he's like top performer in multiple uh, combine events. So mm-hmm. Notre Dame's the old thing. It's so overblown. They have athletes. They got dudes that could run. All right, Sam, I, I want to mention this. This is completely off topic. Oh, I love it. For uh, Goolsby and I did an interview with some. So we, we've done Zibikowski and Brady Quinn. Guess who number three was? I think you're going to be very I, – I, like I should have invited you. Did you did you have school today? Did you work today? Oh yeah, oh yeah. We didn't right. You wouldn't have been able to be there for it. Hold on, I mean, he obviously right. played right. He played who? Who is like your favorite Notre Dame football player of all time? Zor- other than Zorich. Oh. oh, other than Zorich. Oh my god. Well, what's your favorite position? Oh, I mean, well, I, I, I mean, my my second favorite player outside of Zorich, obviously biased towards the whole cheers, is um. Oh, you interview Aaron Taylor? (laughs) (laughs) I told I told Aaron twenty to thirty minutes, forty five minutes of amazing. That's one answer with Zorich. If Zorich is listening, that's one for him. Yeah, and we've had Zorich on. You got to talk to him too, right? Oh yeah, I'm I'm joking because with Chris, remember? uh, Hey, Chris, if you're listening, we love you. Chris loves to talk football, no doubt about that. Chris, if you are watching live right now, why don't you shoot me a, a, a DM or a text or email? I don't know how we communicate. Just yeah. reach out and, and hop on the show. You did Aaron Taylor. He's Aaron oh, Taylor was awesome. I mean, so this is for the Sunday Goolsby show. We'll probably end up going about an hour and a half because I want to talk to Goolsby about some stuff. And then we got a 45-minute interview to play, right? Um, That's Taylor awesome. went from his – uh, Lou Holtz impression is fantastic. Oh yeah, I've so seen the it. Lou Holtz impression to talk about Sam Hartman to then talking about like serious stuff for life after football. Yeah. Um, this whole thing about five pillars that yeah, you know he's uh, been into that. Yeah, he's been yeah he's tweeted that. about that. Goolsby was was really into it. Um, so yeah, we that so it's gonna be awesome. So Sunday night, around I think seven p.m. Eastern time is what we're going for. Um, but uh, I'll tell yeah. you, just yeah, I mean. I was, I mean, just where he's from. Obviously, I'm California, but you know, he's a no cow guy. Oh, yeah. De La Salle, I mean, Notre Dame, just the dudes they've had from De La Salle, Aaron Taylor, Derek Landry. I was about ready to say Derek Landry. He's one of my favorite all time guys. Played with uh, Goolsby, D tackle. And then, um, obviously, Isaiah Foskey, we're going to talk about here in a few seconds. And then they have Flanagan. Yeah. That, they're, that place, man, if Notre Dame could go. God, they got to go there more often and get a dude. Those dudes know how to play yeah. football. They know how to play football, and they have not struck out whatsoever with De La Salle football players. All right, let's go back on topic. Um, for the offensive line, 
which I don't know if you watched my video with Tyler earlier this week. We were kind of like, you know, Patterson actually hasn't declared yet, but everyone's just we're just assuming. Yeah, speaking right? of, where's his uh, graphic? I, you know, I thought Notre Dame was going to start rolling these out for all these guys because they did other ones. So, yeah, where's uh, Patterson's? Because he has a year left, correct? I think so, yeah. Yeah, I believe so. Every, I mean, basically. Everybody gets a COVID, Mike. Everyone has a year left. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, J-Pat, 11 in, interior offensive lineman. You think this would project him, I don't know, third, third fourth round pick, something like that? I, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, that's got to be. I, I I think that's low. I think he's definitely going to go higher. He's got to be up there. I mean, Hainsey was, what, a third rounder. So, Patterson, no sacks in his entire career. That's crazy. Football focus. They listed all the snaps he's had at Notre Dame, which is just amazing. You got all the years starting at the center. You know, they would have won the Joe Moore award in 2020 had he not gotten hurt. And that took, you know, basically took them off the list is what happened. Unbelievable year at left guard. Once he got his feet wet and got rolling after the, the Marshall game and Cal and started going from there, played outstanding football. I know he was what second team all American on, on one or two list. Had a great, had a great career at Notre Dame. Came in as a left tackle at a mission Viejo where my mom lives out there. Shout out to my mom who's always listening. So uh, beautiful mission Viejo high school, great program that they run. But uh, I think that's low. He's going to the big old, you know, the big senior bowl down there in uh, Mobile, Alabama. I bet he goes out there, blocks his tail off, especially in pass pro. And I bet he, I bet he locks himself into one of those top 100 solidified top 100 uh, draft picks. Probably, I wouldn't be surprised if he's a second rounder just with the durability that he brings. Does your mom watch the show? She may not be on right now, but she she does watch all the replays. She'll all do, right. she watches. She does watch all the all the post game shows. I all right. Listen. Listen, Tim Hyde's mom, your son is a treasure, and I am so happy that he emailed Lou Smoji a couple years back. Oh, oh we're coming up on th- three years of th- that, Tim. You three emailed years. Lou yeah. three years. is January of 20. Yeah. No, it was probably 2021. So it was two years, two or three, whatever. Tim, you are fantastic. I can't remember. I was in a meeting recently. We we're talking about our YouTube operation here at On3, and I was That's like, awesome. if I could work with five Tim Hyde's, I would be, I just, I'd be a very happy man. I'm already a pretty happy man, but Tim, you're, you're a complete rock star. Um, yeah. When I covered Oregon state, second mention of Oregon state, Jonathan Smith, the head coach once said his motto was low ego, high output. And that's Tim Hyde, Love super it. low ego, always around to help. So do appreciate that. But people aren't here to talk about Tim Hyde. Hold on. So we just had, who's joining on Sunday, Mike, in the chat. Who's joining on Sunday, Aaron Taylor. He just got, yeah, no, I know. He just got in, so he heard his talk. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Aaron Taylor, unless he's talking about a commitment, which, uh, or, or, or a visitor on Sunday, which may or may not happen. We will oh, get to that. that. Yeah, we'll get to that shortly. All right. Uh, Isaiah Foskey, the number seven ranked edge rusher. Look he, at the schools. You know, you got LSU, yeah. Georgia, Clemson, Alabama. Really important yeah, to get after the passer. Yeah. So, yeah, it's good to have Notre Dame. Yeah, the uh, Texas you know, Tech guy is like in t- tons of top tens. Man, you got to – I mean, Foskey, but Mel Kuyper I saw just came out today, had him at the end of his first round. Okay. You got it. I mean, he's going to be – I think he's going to be that 25 to 35. Okay. He's going to be somewhere that end of the first, first off the board the next day in the second round. I, that's, I mean, you, you read all these things and you obviously see needs. 
he's a three, four guy. He obviously could play the outside standup with so many of these teams do, uh, you know, he can put his hand down when needed and rush. He's shown that I go back to the goal line play against North Carolina and that, or he just bull rushes three guys backwards. He's physical going back to it. Aaron Taylor and uh, Derek Landry He's a De La Salle guy. So he knows how to play football. Yeah. He knows. I mean, he is high end, high motor football player coming from De La Salle, Notre Dame, whoever drafts him is going to be, yeah, bam. I mean, they're get, they're they're going to get a dude that you know is not going to be late, not going to mess around. He's going to take football seriously, and he will do whatever you ask him to do for a dozen years. That's that that's Isaiah Foskey to me yeah. in the NFL. We are not Marshall says Tim Hyde is one hell of a model American. I think you can just remove the word American. He's just one hell of a model. I mean, oh. look at this look at this guy in that head of hair. Oh my God. I was talking, someone was asking me some Marine questions today on the message board and I got into a topic I haven't talked about in 30 years. So good stuff, man. The people you chat with are, are outstanding. All right. I thought this was an interesting comment from uh, Charlie, Charlie Weiss's last belt loop. Are you guys kind of shocked more safety, top safety recruits aren't that interested despite Kyle Hamilton killing in the NFL? I just don't think recruits really think like they do a little bit. But when I talk to recruits, uh, hey, what what do you know about Notre Dame? Like, how familiar are you with that school? Hamilton's the first thing that comes up, right? They always will talk about Kyle Hamilton. Um, so I think that kind of gets Notre Dame in the door a little bit. Um, but if I'm a safety recruit, I don't really care about who was there two years ago. And like, it's, it's like Kyle Hamilton was great. That doesn't mean that I'm going to, you know, I, I, I don't know. It, I don't, I, I've never really bought into that whole, unless you have like a string at the tight end position. Now that's different. A, entire thing of tight ends that if you are starting tight end here, you're going to get drafted. Like Notre Dame could say that based on the past, what, 18 years or so. But yeah. with safety, it's just one guy. So I don't know. What you do you know think? what, but you know, I'll, I'll, you know, we'll arm wrestle on this one, Mike. Okay. I mean, Notre Dame, the graphic department posted out during what, the first weekend. You have, you know, Gilman. Gilman was at the Chargers playing in the playoffs. You had Harrison Smith been an all-pro multiple times as a safety. Obviously, Kyle Hamilton. And then you have Julian Love. Julian Love, who's had a heck of a early career so far with the Giants. He's going to – he's up for a second contract. He's going to get a huge payday coming yeah. up here. So – and the same thing with Gilman as well. No, Gilman came out a year after. He was yeah. on the 19th. I think we just need a little bit more data. Well, Maybe, yeah. I hear you, but but it's a sell point. I would, you know, I've been chatting with people. It's like this whole recruiting thing is a sales job. You know, we always talk about recruiting and the four for 40. That's a sales pitch. Yeah. You have a sales pitch to show that, hey, look at these dudes that have come play, play for us, and they are in the NFL. They, I mean, Kyle Hamilton – how I mean, great question because this is the biggest thing that just drives me nuts is how in the world have they not this is going to your question you talked about and bringing up with O'Leary and it's not just on him it's everything in general but you have the ultimate sales pitch and how are they not using that like we got to do it out of the deep south who had SEC offers Kirby Smart wanted him bad he goes to South Bend thrives and now look at him yeah. It's, you know, and it's it's not it's not sticking. For some I don't reason. disagree. I think I, my point is just I'm not shocked. Like that's, no, that's no, I'm, not I'm not I'm shocked. Not 
Um, yeah. But where are these Kyle better. Hamiltons? This is going to another thing that we, I mean, I would love to do a whole show on this down the road, which I know we will, because there's always something to talk about. Yeah. Is recruiting in the deep South. You want a Kyle Hamilton, you got to go in the deep South. If you want those elite safeties that this guy's talking about, I mean, Kyle Hamilton was a top 75 football player. So they're, that's where they're at. There's very few in the Midwest. And yeah. if there are, they're probably in Ohio. And where are they going? Ohio and, State. And right? Kyle Hamilton's a great case study for this because yes. for me, you have to go to the Catholic schools. Yeah. Where did Kyle Hamilton go? Marist, right? Or, or uh, private schools, like these yeah. high educational schools. Yeah. That's where. Uh, you know, Notre Dame is going to be able to have a lot of success. I think a big reason why they're not having, um, I got to stay away from that success word. It's very, it's getting difficult for me to say. Uh, I don't think there's many, there's not a ton of Catholic schools in, in the state of Florida. No. Uh, you, you, or, or, you know, again, these private, these top private schools with big time ball, there's some in Miami and in, in Broward Dade, but you really, that's, that's not easy. It's not yeah. easy no, it's not. to go in there. It's not. It hasn't uh, been it's for Notre Dame. It's Aquinas. Then you have the Tampa Catholic League, which is Tampa Catholic Jesuit, yeah. Berkeley Prep, some of those schools, which those are good for Notre Dame to be in. But again, it's Florida. Like it's it's a far Florida. trip um, to get up to South Bend. Um, like it's because I lived I lived in the Tampa Clearwater area. Like you can't drive many places because <laughs> no. to get from Tampa to the border is four hours alone. So and now you're talking about going up to like Atlanta. There's another two three hours. So it's 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 just tough. But um, it is. But safety. I mean, one of my favorite ones I know is uh is uh oh my god the the safety out of Chaminade High School in a in the Valley in Southern California. Yeah, Gallagher's a heck of a football player. School this week, or yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, they stopped by us on that in one of your articles. They posted heck of a player, but I know SC's but the full court press. Mm -hmm. One of my buddies works in the video department, so he's around SC all the time and always sees his name up there. And he knows I'm a big uh, Notre Dame guy, and we always chat. So he's there are safeties out there, but man, not a lot of them are popping out of uh, you know, Indiana, Illinois, so to speak. Yeah. You want to know who else is a big Notre Dame guy, Tim? Who's that? It's Mike Brown. Oh, yes. The Leprechaun's Game Day at Notre Dame is our favorite book here at Blue and Gold because we love Mike Brown. He was on the show a couple weeks ago. Um, just an awesome guy. Um, so, yeah, folks, make sure you pick up your copy. Uh, the Leprechaun's Game Day at Notre Dame is your officially licensed children's book that describes the beautiful pageantry of a football Saturday at Notre Dame. Follow the Leprechaun on an adventure from step off into the tunnel and onto Notre Dame's field as he leads the team to an Irish victory. Visit lepgameday.com. That's L-E-P gameday.com. Enter the code BG23. This deal is only good until offer, excuse me, January 31st. So go to the website, punch in BG23. Mike Brown will sign it. It is seriously the perfect, um, gift for the Irish fan in your life. So please do head to the, that website, uh, lepgameday.com. And it's just promo code BG23. Nice and easy. Um, punch that in. Get your copy from Mike Brown. All right, Tim. Um, a, a lot of times for topic ideas for the show, I'll just re I'll just like go through all of the articles that our guys do at Blue and Gold. So uh, Todd Burlidge and Tyler Horka did an article about which rising sophomore is – Prime to break out 
in 2023. I'm going to go first, if you don't mind, Tim. Sure, because I got about eight guys on my head. No, so you can only pick one, though. I know, I know. You make these oh, rules up. How did uh, do you, how did Stephen? How did he get here? Huh. I thought you were going to put uh, Bellamy, but that's okay. <laughs> Dang, Tim! I, I take back Tim's mother. If you are watching this, your son's a troll. He is a troll. Uh, and how did Steve? I, I I didn't mean to. How did he? Tell you what, it is a big spring though for him. It is a big spring. It it is. It's gonna be a good spring. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you though. On uh, let me get this young man back up here. This beautiful guy. Um, he's he's impressing people there. He's doing well. He's doing well. Want to see him throw a pass? Just want to see him throw a pass. No, just handoffs. Just (laughs) handoffs. All right, but it's all serious. I'm going to buy some Merriweather. I love it. And there's no one else that really screamed to me that this they were the guy to make an impact. Like a like obviously you have Ben Morrison or Jaden Mickey. We're not we're we're talking about guys who are primed to take a step up um that weren't really playing. I mean, this guy, how many catches did he have this past well, season? Uh, he had one more than me and you. It was just the one, and it was a butte, right? Yes. I think that's the one that I yelled at you for when we were talking about Drew Pine throwing the ball. He can't yes, throw the ball. Yes, yards. that was that one 46. Yeah. And yes. Tim was like, oh, my gosh, he can throw it 46 yards. I'm like, yeah, you said he couldn't. You said he couldn't throw it 40. Oh, Tim's mom, I'm telling you, your son's oh, a good work. That was a good one. I, I enjoyed that dialogue. That but was seriously, good. I think the thing here is Braden Lindsay's gone, right? He was kind of your, your main field receiver. And I think Tobias Merriweather can step up into that role. When you look at Notre Dame's receiver room, who's really proven coming back? Right? Lorenzo Styles was not the guy we hoped he would be this, this past season. Yet he was still second on the team in catches, which is fascinating. Yeah, I think he yeah. had a lot of screens. You know, yeah. a lot of short no, passes. No, right. but- I mean, we expected a – 55 catch 850 yard type of a season and boy was out far from that you know Jaden thomas had a he's been better than expected but i still think that you know tobias can pass him up and and you know sam hartman's mind or or tyler buckner i should say or or steve angeli throw that out there whoever the starter is it's gonna be a quarterback battle maybe steve who knows Big battle, big battle this spring. <laughs> battle. Um, yeah, I, I like Tobias. He's he's just a playmaker. Now he's gonna have a full spring under his belt. Get that speed, get that athleticism, get that length out there at the receiver position. Um, yeah, I, I'm going Tobias Merriweather. I'm excited to to see what you think. So yeah, uh, we are not Marshall says Jaden Mickey, but I, I but again, I, I think him and Morrison are kind of off for this because they're very obvious. All right, they're they're. It's they more of, yeah, they played a ton, obviously. Yeah, you know, they, right. they played a ton, exactly. Yeah, no, that's the way I looked at this thing. It was all right. The freshman that played a lot. So obviously I took off Mickey, played a you know, I mean Morrison's a freshman all-American for crying out loud, so he can't even be yeah. considered. You know, even Tuli Alamaka played, he played in every game, was multiple special teams unit. I would allow that though. I would yeah, no, I hear you, I hear you. Because yeah, you know, when you're saying rising, we're thinking of guys that are gonna I'm saying start or gonna play a ton of minutes. Yeah. You know, obviously I'm an O-line guy. I was going with Billy Shrouth. But the more I think about it, the more I just was just putting it down in, I'm, 
I'm going with the highest ranked player in the class because I think this guy's got to play. I went with I was a Billy guy, and then I was like, no, I'm Jalen Sneed. I think I think he is the fact that they the fact you know when you started hearing about him at the end of the season, it was like Laurenitis was basically his personal bodyguard. You know, he just coached the heck out of him all season long. When you you know you know when you look back and you read all the things that are said about him, it got him on that field. Tyler Horka, hats off to Tyler out there who did this breakdown of his like 20 snaps he had against Boston College. Boston College in the snow and Tyler broke down play by play, made little highlight, you know, plays on them and whatnot. And it was just outstanding article. And all you saw was just this dude flying to the football, flying to the football. And then they do the same thing in the bowl game. He practices. They're getting him out there. I think Notre Dame, I've been saying this for a year, Marcus Freeman coached what he did these last two years, I think, because of Isaiah Foskey. I really do. I think he's going to do a lot more 3-3-5. I think he's going to do more blitzing. Going back to Golden, where, where has Golden been the last couple of years? With some D.C. who's a blitz-happy, multiple coverage out of Cincinnati Bengals who are once again in the AFC Championship game. I think they're going to put Snead all over the football field. And this dude is going to bring it, use his athleticism. I think he's going to have a breakout year. I think he is going to be on that football field a ton. And when I say a ton, I mean like he may be the this year's Bo Bauer. You know, we always talk about the Bo Bauer package. I think there's going to be a Jalen Sneed package where he's the highlight dude out there. Like when Bo would come out there on their nickel or dime, he managed everything. I think Jalen Sneed's going to be that guy. Okay. I just love, I mean, I just love seeing his athleticism at the, at the end of the season. All right. Yeah. If you're watching on YouTube, please drop in a comment what, where you think, uh, or, or what yeah. you think is the better choice here. Meriwether, Sneed, someone else, uh, Shrouth, Tyson Ford, maybe. Like, I think he, he could, he could be in a position where when you look at Notre Dame's defensive line, like, there's still yes. a lot of question marks there about what is, uh, you know, kind of the, who's going to be the guys. So, um, yeah, what, I mean, where, where would you play Sneed? I would throw him right, right away at that rush spot, the Viper, whatever you want to call it. I think, you know, I, you know, this whole Rover thing, I, it's a nickel. I mean, it's a nickel, right? Exactly. You know, Jeremiah Wusakormoa played it. I mean, he's a strong safety. That's basically, he's a big old strong safety and he's showing that in the NFL playing Will linebacker and all the sub packages that he does for the Cleveland Browns. That's what that position is. So you have a true Mike and a Will. So they got three dudes to play those spots. Four, you throw in calling. I think Snead's going to do what he did in the bowl game. He's going to be an outside pass rusher, or they're going to play him on. I think he's going to be in the nickel package to where he's a blitz guy, you know, a coverage guy into the boundary. But I, I think they're going to, I think he's going to be one of the main heaters, one of the blitz guys. So and it's not so much Mike will whatnot. It's going to be a package. I think, with Golden coming back, they're going to expand more of this stuff. I really do. All right. We'll take it. I take it. All right. Let's uh, get a little more uh, into some Notre Dame recruiting topics first. Um, but first, how about this, folks? We're going to hear from another sponsor um, for our fine show um, here at Blue and Gold. And that is uh, none other than uh, Rogue Shop. Everyone's favorite company. It's that husband and wife outfit. Mr. Rogue and his wife, Shar, are craft cannabis farmers who specialize in small batch sustainable plant medicine, a true holistic type of small business. They farm and grow everything themselves. They do everything by hand. Their website to visit 
rogueshop.com, R-O-G-U-E shop.com. Rogue Shop sells it all, folks. CBD, THC edibles, tinctures, smokables, bath salts, pain creams, topicals, vapes, candles, soaps, and more. Uh, for folks watching on YouTube, seeing this bottom left corner, this, the website has a 24-7 chat function where customers can ask uh, Mr. Rogan Shar any questions um, that you have. So go ahead, head over to rogueshop.com. If you have issues sleeping, if you have chronic pain, anxiety, stress issues, and if you use promo code blue and gold, that will get you 10% off your order. Promo code blue and gold. Please to head over to rogueshop.com and check that out. All right. Tim, we're actually going to now hear from uh, Chad Simmons. I got to talk to him, on three's director of recruiting, um, about Justin Scott. Um, so just kind of a quick, if you're maybe not following the recruiting process too much, um, Scott is a just a monumental target for Notre Dame's 2024 class. Um, you see the rankings, which, by the way, I want to, I want to say this real quick because I've been seeing so many people tweet at me. How dare on three not have him? I thought he was a five star. How is he not a five star? Everyone's tweeting at me. Yeah. This <laughs> on three had him ranked as the number three player um, in the country. He's since dropped to 16. Oh, boo hoo. Here is all, here's all the five stars. There are two. There are two five stars per on three. Okay. So on three is just on three, right? The consensus ranking is rivals ESPN on three and 24-7 equally weighed. Okay, you with me? Equally weighed. Now there are are more than that. Let's see how many five stars there are in the consensus right now. 15. Yeah, a handful. Okay, 15. So I always tell people star rankings are just like, stop worrying about the stars. Like, or national rank. It's more about positional rankings, like uh, the star ranking thing. So where is he ranked as a five-star, right? Everyone's like, well, he's a, he's a five-star. Rivals does have him as a five-star right now, okay? Number 12 overall player, number one defensive lineman, compared to 16 de- overall in two defensive linemen. But we're losing our outrage because one, it's a four and five-star. It's a huge difference, right? It's not. <laughs> But, but these seven, oh, Tim, let me, let me finish. Yeah, go for it, go for it, yeah. 24-7 has him ranked as the number 58 overall player, but somehow their consensus or con- composite has him as a five-star. Like it's, but so everyone's like on three, you're ranking them so mean 24-7 as a five-star. Well, that's their composite as a five-star. Yeah. 24-7's rankings as him as the number 58 player in her eight defensive line. And so get like, so I tweeted the other day, um, it amazes me how stupid people are on Twitter. Like, I I understand. If you think on three's ranking of 16 national number two defense line is stupid, have at it, whatever. That's your prerogative. But, like, know what you're talking about if you're going to yell at people on Twitter. You know, like, understand that, wow, 16 overall is really not that different from 12 overall. And one versus two, like... Yeah, uh, that's. I had someone tweet me today. Oh, on three sucks at rankings. They can't even do their own rankings. They only do their composite ranking. What? Right. So, all right, go ahead, Tim. And yeah, we'll get to Chad Simmons. I, I just I'm always good for one rant or show. Exactly, people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always hear. I always hear about this on three stuff. Yet they had Emil Wagner as a five star, the only one. So I guess on three is wrong. 
Jalen Sneed, Charles Jagasaw. I guess they're wrong. So it's like, I don't know, the whole thing. But 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 real quick on this whole composite thing is these you know, these organizations and whatnot, they really don't start to do these five star, you know, where they announce them and stuff like that until spring ball, until after this, after the what February signing period, yeah, and they, they get then it. Start, yeah, they then you start to get into yeah. you know who's visiting during spring balls. Then they do a roll. I know on three always does a, a you know the big rollout where they announce him. And the other thing, these these five stars are traditionally your top thirty, but 30, 35 players. So just do the math. If Justin Scott's sixteen, and he stays sixteen, he's a five star. So who cares what he is? What is it? January 25th at 8.36 p.m. Who cares? Very subjective. Like Rivals just updated their rankings. Like all the Notre Dame guys dropped. Big whoop, right? I think Alabama had most of their guys drop too. Like it's, it's like we just got to stop thinking that everyone's out to get Notre Dame. Like stop. Just stop because it's not true. Like I see – guys, I'm telling you. The amount of times I have been told, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say this specifically. When I was at Rivals, one of the Rivals guys was like, "You know what, Mike? This so and so player, we would have dropped him to a three star, but he, he's committed to Notre Dame." I heard that. Yes, I heard that. So you think it's always just the opposite? No, that player stayed a four star because he was committed to Notre Dame. There's it, that crap happens. So it's yes. it, 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 it's not it's not always so oh, so and so hates like guys. I'm telling Things you, things happen this cycle. I'm telling you, <laughs> Notre Dame has a lot of positive. People want to talk about Notre Dame and write about Notre Dame and good things, bad things. It's the whole shebang because Notre Dame is a big deal. But by, by by the way, with all the people that think Notre Dame gets dropped on every single thing, who's this guy that was going to play one double A quarterback? Had you know, didn't even have a picture in his profile. And now, and now, what is he ranked number one twenty five or oh, country? Hillman, Hillman. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I thought you were talking about the, the UCLA baseball guy for a second. Oh no, no, oh no, no. But no, the yeah, Hillman. I mean, what do you have? Morgan State or someone's? Yeah, you know, was his only scholarship offer. And now the guy's nationally yeah. ranked what consensus one? Yeah, he 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 moved up like 130 rank uh, 130 spots per on three national. Moved up a thousand because he was never even ranked originally. You yeah. know, it's like come on, people. So Brent, I'm telling you, like we can look, we can it's look on. at this. So Brent says, why does on three not use 24 sports composite? But it's all rolled into one five star again. Yeah, I'm. Yeah. I think you probably asked this before my rant. Um, 24 seven, here's the explanation about the consensus. It's, it's right there. And it says other industry composite ratings disproportionately weight their own ranking in some cases greater than 50%. 24 seven, this is their composite. So this is their own version of the consensus. Now, I don't know how they weigh it and grade it, whatever, but this is different than 24 seven zone. This is their ranking. This is their composite. Again, how they do their rankings. I don't know. We're on a um we're on i mean we're on the on three network i've never worked for 24 7 so i got no idea um but uh yeah so rankings are always fun they're super subjective they're for discussion and intrigue i mean they're not the be all end all they just are what they are and I tell people don't get so worked up about rankings, but here I am yelling at you guys. But you know what, Mike? My old, you know, my old age here. It's like back in the heyday, 
you know, Tom Lemming would have a list of top one. I remember the sporting news every spring I would go, yeah. I got, I got boxes of sporting news and sporting news would always put their top 300 prospects in the country. Always. I mean, always the top 300. Then they go by region. Yeah, how, did they do that? That. how did they learn about the players? Uh, Pigeon mail? Exactly. Word of mouth and all that. I forget who who ran that. Then you had Best of the West, which was uh, Long Beach Press-Telegram, or uh, what the Seattle Times always had one. You had the, oh my God, the Atlanta Journal-Constitution would always uh, come out with their Super 50. So you had all these lists even way back then. Parade. Everybody, I mean, love blue and gold. I used to love the blue and gold recruiting issues because it would always highlight the Parade All-Americans, the USA Today All-Americans. So even back then there was these, these are the same list as they are now. So pretty much. All right. Yeah. You want to go to Chad Simmons? Oh, God. we're here for Chad Simmons. Mm-hmm. My conversation with Chad Simmons talking about Justin Scott. I guess we didn't even really talk about the recruiting process of Scott, but again, huge Notre Dame target. This is before I went on my rant I was going on this huge Notre Dame target was going to announce the 31st, push things back. Is he going to still visit? What's going on? Uh, yeah. Let's get the latest here. Um, from Chad Simmons on three director. Join the show next on three director of recruiting Chad Simmons, who's really had, um, you know, great reporting. He's had his pulse on this recruitment of Justin Scott. So Chad, this, this one was really interesting because a couple of weeks ago, Scott tweets out, I'm committing on my birthday, January 31st. And I remember texting you were like, man, like, he was just telling you the spring summer timeline, right? Like, is that what you recall? Oh yeah. hundred percent. I just had, I think, you know, 20 to 30 minute conversation with Justin, just, I, I want to say two, maybe three days, but I think two days prior uh, to him tweeting that out. And we, we talked in pretty much in depth about his plan, his timeline, what schools he liked to visit in the spring, uh, where he's at as far as focus on basketball right now, uh, and he'll get back on the road in March and in April and things like that. So, uh, yeah, when he tweeted that out about the commitment date on his birthday, uh, definitely caught me by surprise. Yeah. So he, then he tweets out yesterday, "Hey, I'm I'm delaying this. Not going to commit. We're still." As we record this, his plan is to still visit Notre Dame Sunday because it looked pretty darn good for Notre Dame there. It's like he he was going to visit this past Sunday. Weather cancels that trip. Then he reschedules to this upcoming Sunday, two days before the expected commitment. So it's like, man, Notre Dame seriously looks really good there. You see the on three recruiting prediction machine is is trending towards Notre Dame. But it does seem like, Chad, with this news – and you, you tell me what your opinion is, because the way I read it is Notre Dame should be considered the favorite moving forward, but it's really anyone's game now at this point. If he's taking this into April, maybe takes official visits, like it's Notre Dame might have the lead right now, but it's it's pretty wide open. No, I agree with you, Mike. I think definitely if there is a team to beat, I think the favorite has to be Notre Dame at this point, especially obviously if he takes this visit this weekend. And uh, like you said, I mean, he, he, text me you know it was weather related couldn't get there this past weekend I mean is there ever weather really that bad for guys that grew up in Chicago not to get to Indiana I mean um I guess it can be but uh yeah I do you know he's been a kid that I've covered you know over the past year year plus and 
Uh, you know, there's been times I think he's kind of quickly reacted. And I remember one time naming Ohio State, his leader coming off that visit. Next weekend he was at Miami. He loved that trip and loved Miami. And then he talks about what three or four schools kind of, you know, it's kind of down to heading into January 31st. Ohio State wasn't even in there. So, uh, yeah, I mean, he's added offers like Florida, like Georgia. I think he'll get down to Georgia at some point in the spring. Uh, and then we'll kind of go from there. Yeah, it does inter- seem interesting that, I mean, he visited Notre Dame in the fall of that would have been his, what, sophomore season. He hasn't been back to South Bend since July, which is another thing which, uh, I mean, that that visit needed to happen in January before he's going to commit um, because, yeah, he hasn't been there in so long. But you look at he's been to Notre or excuse me, he's been to Michigan. Uh, he was there in October. He went to USC this fall. He went to Miami in the fall. He went to Ohio State, but, again, not Notre Dame. So that's why – for quite a while, I wasn't feeling great about Notre Dame's chances. And then when he put out the commitment day, you start digging. You're like, all right, Notre Dame's actually kind of the favorite there. But um, that was a short-lived kind of thing where, you know, you, you were you kind, of, kind of counting down the days until Notre Dame got that commitment. But, uh, again, delaying that. Who, who would you see as, as maybe the biggest contender moving forward along with Notre Dame? Do you think Georgia gets in there? Or does this really open the door for, for a Michigan or an Ohio State? Yeah, I mean, I definitely think it opens the door. Obviously, I think he does take some visits, um, regardless of, you know, based on what we know right now, regardless of what happens this weekend, if he makes it, doesn't make it to Notre Dame, even if he does. I mean, I still obviously his plan now is to get back on the road uh, in the spring, you know, when things open back up March 1st. And I don't think he has anything set uh, as of right now this far out. But I I do know he's mentioned schools like Michigan, uh, like USC, uh, like Ohio State, he's obviously mentioned to me Georgia definitely got his attention. They were at his school. They watched him play basketball, offered him uh, here recently. I think that's definitely a school he'll check out uh, and visit. And I think, you know, Miami's in there as well. So I think it kind of opens the door back. I, I know USC has been involved heavily, Michigan, uh, Miami. And I think now Georgia jumped in that mix as well. Yeah, even Florida offered him, which you mentioned earlier. Chad, before we let you go, I kind of want to go, and it, it, I didn't prep you for this, but I, I did want to ask you this. For You've been covering recruiting for so long. It's mainly been Georgia, Florida guys, right? You're, you've been a Southeast guy for so much of your career. Now transitioning to this national role for on three, covering guys in the Midwest, right? You, you have more exposure now to covering players who are, are going to a Notre Dame, right? You're, you're always going out to the Midwest and to California. What's it been like transitioning from the Southeast to the national? Man, it's been a whirlwind. I'll say that a little, a little overwhelming at times, just trying to, you know, keep up, man, because like you said, my roots are in the South. You know, I've covered the Southeastern part of the country, you know, Georgia, Alabama, Florida, Carolinas, Tennessee, some Mississippi, Louisiana, but really not much outside of that, you know, ever in my 18 to 19 years in this industry. So um, it's been kind of rebranding yourself and trying to, you know, bring that reputation I have in the southeastern part of the country to the entire country. So I'll say this, man, they've been very receptive. I mean, uh, guys like Justin Scott, guys like Rico Flores, guys like Drake Bowen. I mean, you know, guys that like CJ Carr. I mean, guys that I've met once or twice uh, have really kind of opened their door from their high school programs or coaches to the kids uh, to kind of let me in and kind of become, I guess, that national brand for on three to help cover the best players in America. And obviously Notre Dame under Marcus Freeman is off to a great start across the country. Do you see anything different in like 
Notre Dame kids. Like, I think that's kind of thrown around a lot. Like, he's a good Notre Dame fit. Do you see that at all? Like, some kids are just kind of geared towards Notre Dame? Yeah, I think you can look at that, look that way. I mean, you just the guys I mentioned right there. I mean, just, you know, nothing against other guys going to Alabama's or Georgia's or USC's, but I think you do see that. Um, just how articulate they are, what academics mean to them, um, just just relationship based. You know, it's more than just football, more than just NIL. Uh, there's other factors that I think go deeper. And I think that's what plays in the Notre Dame's favor, kind of finding that perfect fit on and off the field. All right. That's Chad Simmons, director of recruiting over at On3. Appreciate your time, Chad. Anytime. Thanks, Mike. All right. Thoughts? What do you think, Tim? No, outstanding. I mean, he is in depth. He has got, you know, obviously he's got his pulse on what Mr. Scott is looking at doing and whatnot. And he's brutally honest and whatnot. And then going back to your point, it's still a Chicago kid, still a Chicago Catholic League kid. Notre Dame's going to be in this thing until the very end, I, I truly believe. So no matter what's out there, it's fine. Go, go look around. What Freeman has talked about this a thousand times, getting guys to go shop around. Now, does he want the Peyton Bowen go shop around every single Saturday for for six straight months? No, but I, I, me personally, this news blew blew up out of nowhere. I'm with you, you know, Justin Scott. I'm like, okay, Notre Dame's gonna go see him. He's gonna come back, but he went to what three or four other programs during the fall. He flew to Los Angeles, but didn't take a 90 minute car ride to Notre Dame. So I always found this thing. Very interesting with with Notre Dame and what he was looking at. So the fact that this all of a sudden blew up, I want to commit, and everyone's like, "Oh my god, this is like more Notre Dame buzz." Yeah, it was shocking to me. Me too. Like all of a sudden, this is like out there. And if I'm his high school coach, I, I've actually been in you know in the room with you know with some you know Division One signees that wanted to commit early, and I'm like, "Are you sure? Take a deep breath, relax, make sure that's the right fit." Check out a few more schools if you want to go from there. And I've had a few kids do that. And at the end of the day, they felt better about their commitment. And I'm thinking of two Pac-12 football players I coached who signed, obviously, with the Pac-12, two linemen, ended up going to the school they almost committed to, you know, three months prior. So I'm I'm still a big fan of, of him going to Notre Dame. I think at the end he will be at Notre Dame. Yeah. That be my uh, that would be my two dollar bet here. The, the I think the big takeaway for me in these past couple of weeks of this whole saga was just we're we're back we're back exactly where we were before it. Mm-hmm. Nothing's really changed, you know. He still hasn't been back to, to Notre Dame since you know July. Yeah, he, it was going to be spring summer. It's still spring summer commitment. Like so, it's a whole nothing burger to me. Now, what can change is if he makes it to South Bend on Sunday. Yes, that's the thing. I, I think I mentioned in the video. You know, the weather in Chicago is supposed to be w- worse this weekend than it was this past weekend, and he didn't make it to Notre Dame this past weekend because of weather. So we'll see. Um, but they are visiting, whole, him, right? Little touchdown Jesus is uh, <laughs> able to you know give Notre Dame an assist here for the weather. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I was talking to some folks today, and the visit is is still on for Sunday, but um, it's it's very to be determined. It's going to be a thing like Sunday morning. Like, hey, is this is this happening? So uh, we'll see. Um, that would, yeah, it would be a huge boost if Notre Dame's going to be able to get them on campus. But otherwise, 
I the whole time I'm like, look, I'm gonna tell you people what I'm hearing, and I was hearing positive Notre Dame bus, but I always wrote the caveat of I still feel like he's gonna push this thing back. I've seen the story so many times where a player pushes up the commitment date. Other schools are like, oh crap, we need to offer this kid now. The offers come in. And now all these other schools are like a Michigan and Ohio State, USC that we're recruiting them are like yep. doing all they can to get them to stop because if he's going to choose Notre Dame. And the thing about Notre Dame was like it was a surprise. Like so you didn't follow the visits, right? You didn't visit Notre Dame since July. Yep. You know, really Notre Dame? Like like what – was there just like a kind of a spur-of-the-moment conversation where things changed, right? It's like, you know – and you meet that girl, it's love at first sight, you're really feeling it. Week goes by and like, ah, eh, maybe, maybe I need to uh not propose within a week. You know, I think maybe something like that might happen. Also, if Scott wanted to commit to Notre Dame and take a bunch of visits, especially officially, I think Notre Dame might have pumped the brakes on that. So I think it might have been a little bit of a combination. Um, it was just too soon, I, I think is the gist here. It's just too soon. Um, for Scott, maybe for Notre Dame, if he wanted to take OVs, Tim, I want to give one more thought on this and then I'll, I'll, I'll let you go. Um, you know, to talk next is the, Freeman talked about on signing day. It's easier to get, to have a player, um, you know, it, or it's harder for a player to decommit once yeah. they've committed to Notre Dame than to get them committed. Right. Or whatever he said. There's there's that end of it, but there's also the wanting to avoid Peyton Bowen part two, right? So let's let's squeeze this kid. Let's get him committed. If we get him, we know he's going to fit here. It's going to be the perfect fit. He's going to thank us later for kind of putting the squeeze on. And then again, there's the other end of committing, holding a spot, leading you on for ten months. You you need to find that happy medium. You know, like you, 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 you know, you don't want that Peyton Bowen side of it again. So um, I think Notre Dame has learned from it and, and maybe they're enacting a new strategy with this uh, Justin Scott recruitment. So I'm yeah, I mean, my, I mean, my last thing on Bowen is, yeah, I think, yeah, I mean, obviously that was a mess, but at the same time, Notre Dame went out and got three safety commits. So it's not like they did sit back, you know, hoping and praying that, you know, it's just him. They did go out and get some other dudes. So no doubt about that. So they knew that he was icing on the cake and with all the visits, I mean, my God, it's like, do the math, you know, that was going to happen. But I think this thing with Scott, I think the fact that he jumped, this is my little, you know, little take here. The fact that he jumped and like, I want to do this on my birthday shows to me reading between the lines. He's comfortable with Notre Dame. I mean, he, he's been there. He's communicating with the coaches they showed him all that love. They obviously talked to him. It's not like they haven't talked to him since July. Yeah, of course. I mean, they're constantly talking to him, communicating with him. They've been by his school, but twice already in this little recruiting. They'll be there, I'm sure. Exactly. I think you posted they're going to be there again this week before oh, uh, the dead period, which is interesting. I had no idea the whole month of February is basically go to Cancun and see him March 1st. So that's going to be uh, interesting with recruiting because it's a dead month, I, I think I've read. So. To me, that shows he's comfortable with Notre Dame. His family's comfortable. At the end of the day, man, he's a, he is a Chicago kid and it's going to be down the road. You know, we always talk about these Florida guys, right? It was easy for Keeley, who's in Florida, to go to Alabama, have all his family go there. Easy for Caleb Downs to just go down the street from Georgia to Alabama and play. It, it easily could be the same thing with, you know, with, with Justin. Be. I, I, 
I truly, I truly believe that because Notre Dame has such a hard time in the South because these guys are like, why do I need to take a plane ride up there? It might be the same thing there. And just, you know, and Georgia's got six Justin Scott. So it's not like they're struggling where Justin Scott down the road knows he could be an instant 2024 guy. He's, look at the class that's forming. You know, we talked about this a week ago, you know, with the other Midwestern guys, his buddy Cam Williams, who's going to be, you know, one of the top, he may be a, a you know, five-star consideration for all those down the road, CJ Carr, things of that nature. So I don't know, man, you know, maybe I'm more calm than others. I'm not. Flipping Here's the, the thing. I'm like January 25th, people. January I'm, seeing, I'm seeing kind of this confidence from, you know, Notre Dame people, reporters, you know, sources. Oh, yeah, we're good here. Oh, it's going to be a workout because he's a dude. I, I, I mean, yeah, maybe, maybe. He, I mean, the, I mean, the, 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 I mean, you got Ohio State. Ohio State cranks out D linemen. So obviously he's going to look at them, you know. He's going to look at Michigan just because it's Michigan. That's a brand name. They've been back to back playoffs. They're going to be favored to go three in a row next year. I mean, look at all the schools that are, what, have put the full court press on them recently. Playoff teams. And SC is a pulled hamstring away, or they would have went to the playoffs, you know, with Caleb Williams in the in the game against Utah. So, yeah, Notre, I mean, Notre Dame is, is the one local school, the closest school, so to speak, that is going to pound, you know, the pavement to get him. So it's a workout. It's January 25th. Maybe I read too many loose emoji articles growing up where – you didn't talk recruiting until the banquet weekend in December. Maybe I've been around too many of those to where I'm just like, man. If that were the case, I wouldn't have a job. So, <laughs> but it's like, just pump the brakes and relax. Let, you know, why? I, to me, it's like, why can't some of these dudes take some visits, go see what happens in spring ball, take their officials? Yeah. And then, by the way, who did that? The premier offensive lineman in the Midwest last year, Charles Jagasaw, committed June 30th. Yeah. So, he did that. He went to all these schools. He always knew he liked Notre Dame. He went and visited everyone else in the Midwest. Took his, you know, took some official visits. Signed with Notre Dame. Yeah. So, so yeah. When I was going on that rankings rant earlier, um, I, like I'm trying to like get the message across. Like the world doesn't revolve around Notre Dame. Like this. So like this comment: If Notre Dame can't close in their backyard, then I'm not sure what the answer is. Well, think about all the players that Notre Dame's gone into their backyard. Right, Deion Colsey when they went into Athens and stole Deion Colsey. SEC offers Georgia, right? They Lorenzo Styles, his, his dad played at Ohio his State. Brother, yeah. Brother's going to be the starting strong safety against Notre There's Dame. So many times where Notre Dame goes into those backyards and steals recruits, it's going like it ha- can happen to Notre Dame. So, like it. Uh, I, I like I wouldn't if Scott goes elsewhere, he goes elsewhere, you know, then then we are not Marshall. Then you're going to cry NIL. So it, it, anytime Notre Dame lose recruit like that's that's what we see. So so I wouldn't go that far to be like, oh, if they can't get a Chicago kid at St. Ignatius. This staff stinks. At the end of the day, they can't twist his arm, you know, choke him and tell him, hey, you need to come here. At, at the end of the day, it's it's the recruits decision. I can make the decision to go work out, lose weight, and look real good. That is 100% on me. Marcus Freeman to get Justin Scott, it's not 100% on him. 
at the end of the day, it is Scott's decision, right? To go, you use my analogy. My wife can do everything she can to get me to go work out, but she can't force me, right? Yeah. Like, if, if she can't get me to work out, then she's not a failure because she couldn't get me to work out because it wasn't her decision. It was mine. So. The, thing, the last thing on Justin Scott, I think, you know, for me and the other guys have been following Notre Dame forever is I, I went back 20 years. I mean, I'm, I'm just on this 20 year cycle of following recruiting, going back everything 20 years to the great Willingham class of 2003. Justin's if Justin Scott comes to Notre Dame, this will be the only, the ninth night It's 20 years now, everybody, the ninth top 100 defensive lineman to sign with Notre Dame. So in honor of the great Lou Samoji, this these are the white whales. They are. They've only signed eight of these in in 20 years. So they are the white whale. And Lou used that term yeah. so many times. It's it's so true. So the whole backyard thing and whatnot, sure. I mean, you could say that what it is, but Michigan and Ohio State are thinking the same thing. Yeah. Right. Two comments that we got to get out of here. Uh, we not, we're not Marshall responded. I don't use NIL excuse Colsey and styles have yet to prove out there. We're still that that's not, yes. I'm just talking about the recruiting wins. Scott yeah. hasn't proven anything either. Yeah. So don't tell me Notre Dame can't close to the backyard. Then I'm not sure what the answer is. Brooke, we're just talking, we're just talking about the recruitment. Yeah. Like, 10 seconds on that styles. They got styles away from Ohio state. Go look at Ohio state roster with top 100 Ohio kids. They get them. Yeah. Colsey had Alabama, Georgia offers and was, and they were recruiting him all the way up until first off, didn't Colsey decommit and they had to get him back, right? So that is considered a huge win. That is a steal. Yeah. He decommitted from Notre, just, Dame. Notre just Dame. Talking about the recruitment. Just, yeah, I mean recruitment. Yeah, don't yes. don't tell me they haven't proven anything because neither is Scott. Uh, Tim does Servite win a game in Trinity soon. They did it this year, man. It's uh that's high school recruiting. So I saw they got, I know Troy Thomas is no longer the head coach there and they got a new coach. So that's going to, Oh, that's Trinity football. We got to do a show on that. That's certain. Yeah. You want, oh, to, talk God, modern day? You want to talk modern day and how Notre oh, Dame yeah, needs to break it. And, and Troy and Troy coach, Troy Thomas. And those guys were so close two years ago. Then they lost all those guys. You know, they had a, you know, a dozen guys went division one, but, uh, Santa Margarita is going to be the the team this year. They got a heck of a football team in the Trinity, so they're gonna they're gonna fight for that third spot. Is that is that Emmett Mosley's school? Yeah, that's where Mosley's at. Good football team. Santa Margarita has yeah. this year. Always have had some dudes. Yeah, yeah guys. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, that's gonna wrap up this show. Please do hit that thumbs up before you get out of here. Subscribe to our channel. Head to blueandgold.com. Read all of your Notre Dame football recruiting coverage. And yeah, folks, we will catch you next, maybe next week. Maybe. I'm not sure yet. So we will, uh, we'll catch you guys next time.